Section 16 of The Lion's Brood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashank Jakmola. The Lion's Brood by Duffield Osborne, The Queen of the Ways. There was much bustle and confusion throughout the little inn at Sinuessa. August was just closing, and the midday summer beat down too fiercely to permit of comfortable travel save toward morning or night. The innkeeper had hurried out and stood in the roadway, bowing and wreathing his face with smiles of welcome, while behind him were grouped his servants, each bearing some implement of his or her calling, a muster well calculated to impress the wayfarer with the assurance of comfort and good cheer. The occasion of all this demonstration was a party that had halted, apparently for refreshment and the customary travel siesta, a reda or four-wheeled travelling carriage, closely covered and drawn by three powerful horses yoked abreast. Two armed outriders, one apparently a freedman and the other a slave, made up the company, the former of whom, a stout, elderly man with grey hair and beard had reigned in his horse before the obsequious host while the other remained by the carriage wheel as if to aid the driver in guarding the radar's occupants from intrusion the innkeeper short and fat was breathing hard from the haste in which he had sallied out but his words came volubly let the gentlemen alight and enter or if they be ladies so much the better they shall make trial of the best inn along the whole length of the Queen of Ways, such couches as they have never seen, save, doubtless, in their magnificent homes, fit for the gods to lie upon, such dishes, such cooking, guinea hens fed the fattened under my own eye, mullet fresh from the water with all greens of the season, and such wine as only the massic mount can grow. Here, however, he paused to take breath, and the freedman succeeded in interrupting the flow of words. "'By the gods, will you be silent?' he said. "'Perhaps we shall try your fare, if you do not take up the whole day in telling us about it. First, however, it is necessary for us to learn certain things. How many miles is it to Capua?' The innkeeper's face looked on a grieved look in place of the beaming smile of a moment's silence but he answered promptly and humbly, The matter of twenty-five miles, my master, at what hour do they close the gates? The innkeeper glanced back at the group of domestics with a frightened expression. That is a military question, he said. How can I answer it in these times? It is dangerous to talk about such things. Not dangerous for you, insisted the other rather scornfully. Since you companions have become pulse-eaters, not the wildest Numidian would dare disturb you. The cruel one is very tender of you all now. But wait till Rome shall fall, then you will know what his tenderness is worth, when you are all busy grinding corn for Carthage. By all the gods, speak lower, if you must say such words, whispered the innkeeper, white with terror, if one of my servants should betray me like enough the gate is closed at all times it is said that hannibal enters the town to-night hannibal in capua to-night came a voice from the reda a woman's voice softly and delicately modulated yet deep and rich in its tones 
At the same moment, the curtains were drawn aside and she looked out, beckoning imperiously to the would-be host. Come near, my good man. I wish to speak with you more closely. The innkeeper stood as one dazed, with open mouth and bulging eyes. He had looked upon great and beautiful ladies before, for many such travelled by the Appian Way, but the beauty and the nobility of this face seemed to him more than mortal. With all the grace, all the freshness, all the radiant charm of the girl Marcia, were now joined the calm and deep-eyed crown of womanhood. The perfect lines that could so perfectly respond to playful or tender emotions were still unmarred, and yet sorrow that had left no other trace had endowed them with new possibilities of devotion and high resolve. Come, repeated Marcia, and the little innkeeper trotted up to the Reda and stood watching her with an expression of canine wonder and subservience in his big, dull eyes. Did I not hear you say that Cannibal was to be in Capua tonight? Have these false companions indeed carried out the treachery rumoured of them? The man had forgotten all his fears of a few moments since, nor did the slur upon his race rouse aught of indignation. Held fast under the spell of the dark eyes before him, he made haste to answer. The rumour, madam, that a traveller left with me some hours since is that Marius Blossius, praetor of Campania, has led all Capua out to meet Hannibal, who is to feast tonight at the house of the Ninic Celeris, Stenius, and Pacuvius. But how was this done? she interrupted. It was said at Rome that some few evil spirits, like Vibius Virius and Pacuvius Calovius, were ill-disposed. But surely the senators of Capua are faithful. I do not know as to that, said the fellow, with the stubborn dullness of a peasant. But I know it is hard to see your property and goods destroyed, and to hold fast to allies who do not protect you and a Roman garrison at Casilinum all the time. They say this African is kind to his friends, and then, too, he sent home my son without ransom when the young man was prisoner in the north some battle by some lake that i forget the name of such talk is well enough for poor spirit rabble cried marcia impetuously but was there none of noble blood in the city none who could compel duty a look of cunning crossed his face as he answered pacuvius calovius took care of that he cooped up the senate in the senate house by telling them the people sought their lives then he went out and spoke against them to that same people and offered to surrender them for death, one by one, and then, when they had given up hope, he made a clever turn and persuaded us to forego their just punishment. So it is said in Capua that Pacuvius Calovius bought the senators for his slaves, and not one but runs to do his bidding. Senators, you see, do not like the rods and axe any better than humbler people like the sword and the torch. Marcia eyed him with disgust. Then her brow cleared. What could be expected from such a man, she thought, surely not exalted patriotism or high ideals, especially when the class question had been brought into play against public faith and public honour. Mere stupidity would yoke him to the side that seemed to promise the most immediate exemptions or rewards. It was possible, though, that the situation might not be as bad as it was painted, that there might still be faithful men in the second city of Italy, 
men who, while at present held down by the skilful plotting of their enemies or the hopelessness of open resistance, were yet waiting, vigilant to seize upon the first promising opportunity to recover the lost ground. On the other hand, innkeepers were apt to be a well-informed class as to public happenings, and this man told his tale with parrot-like precision. At any rate, there was nothing to do but reach Capua as soon as possible, for, the Carthaginian commander once within the walls, no one could tell what precautions and scrutiny might be established at the gates. She turned to the freedman. There is no time for resting and refreshment, Ligurius. We must not lose the chance of entering the city before nightfall. And to the man who rode at the wheel, Come, Kaipur, a little weariness will not hurt us. The driver's whip curled about the horse's flanks, and they started forward. But the disappointed innkeeper laid hold of one of the poles that supported the covering of the reda, and gasped and sputtered as he ran. What now? Would you die of the heat? Am I to lose my custom because I am good-natured and tell the news? Kaipur turned in his seat and raised the thong used to urge on his animal. But Marcia, hearing the clamour, thrust the curtain aside again and motioning the slave to restrain himself threw several denarii to her would-be host at the same moment the horses suddenly quickened their gait and the pursuer keeping his hold was jerked flat upon his face be cautious shouted the kaipur there is silver in the dust you are swallowing and they hurried on unable to distinguish whether the half-choked ejaculations that followed them were thanks or curses there was a short silence punctuated by the cracking of the whip, the clatter of hoofs, and the crunching of wheels along the pavement. Then the curtains once more parted slightly, and Kaipor, watchful to serve, saw Marcia beckoning hand and drew closer to the reda. Bend down, she said, and as he obeyed, she whispered, You were my brother's servant, Kaipor, and you bear his name. Will you help me to avenge him? The slave's eyes flashed, and he straightened himself on his horse. Then he lowered his head to hear more. Ligurius, she continued, will be brave and faithful to my family in all things. I want one who will be faithful to what is greater and to see what is less, to Rome and to me. I seek safety for the Republic, and I seek revenge for those who are dead. Will you help me when Ligurius halts? The cross itself will not daunt me, he said simply, whatever you shall do, lady, I will be faithful to the death. For me, perhaps, to the death, Kaipor, she answered, but for you, if the gods favour me, to life and to freedom. His cheek flushed with the rich blood of his Samnite ancestors, and, as Ligurius glanced back from his post at the head of the party, the young man made his horse bound forward, lest his attitude and perturbation might bring some suspicion of a secret confidence to the mind of the old freedman. So they descended within the hemicycle of hills. The heights of Mount Tifata began to fall away on the left. The rough, precipitous line of crags, sweeping around toward the east, seemed to dwindle into the distance, even as they drew nearer, while the low jumble of Neapolitan hills, beyond which lowered Vesuvius, with its fluttering pennon of vapour, rose higher and higher upon the southern horizon. A turn of the road, a temporary makeshift, led them around Casilinum, whose little garrison lay close, nor opened their gates to friend or foe. 
there at last in the midst of the level plain that stretched down to the sea lay capua gleaming white and radiant beneath the brush of the now descending sun gradually the great sweep of city walls grew lowering and massive it still lacked an hour of sunset and the travellers had not urged themselves unduly through the midday course the foam yellowed and darkened by dust had dried upon the horse's flanks save only where the chafing of the harness kept it fresh and white marcia leaned far out of the reda and gazed eagerly at the nearing town kaipur seemed scarcely able to restrain his eagerness to dash forward while ligurius shaded his eyes with his hand and viewed the spectacle like a general counting the power of his approaching foe even at this distance they saw or began to imagine they saw some indescribable change not a flurry of motion or excitement they were too far away to know that had such been present it was as though above around every tower and battlement hung an atmosphere of hostility and defiance yet this was friend of rome through days of weal and days of woe the second city of italy nearer and nearer they drew the horses threw their heads in the air and presaging rest and provender quickened their pace without urging suddenly an exclamation burst from the lips of ligurius look he cried it is true they are indeed here marcia and kaipur strove to follow his hand my northern eyes old though they be are better than yours of the south do you not see them one two three gods they are thick on the walls what in the name of jove exclaimed marcia impatiently and then kaipur started i see i see now he cried ah mistress they are the standards of carthage the horse's head yellow with red manes gods how they glitter gold and blood gold and blood drive on said marcia for they had all drawn rein half unconsciously and she lay back behind the curtains of the radar end of section number sixteen